Thanks, guys. Isn't it good to be in church? It's good to be in church. So excited to, uh, to share this morning. I believe God's got something to say to us uh, over the next few moments. Really excited to do so. Um, I believe this is the first time I've preached here in Exeter, Rediscover Church, since we announced the news that my wonderful wife is pregnant, um, which is a joy. And uh, we're so thankful to God. Um, for giving us that gift. I, I know that lots of you will know, some of you won't. We have found out we're having a little baby boy. Um, so that's what's happening. So I thought I'd let you know that that's taking place. But um, thank you so much for your kindness and your prayers and support uh, during these last few weeks. We, we both really, really appreciate it. Um, let me ask you a, a question really quickly, because I think we're going to have some people in the room who will identify with this question. Um, who identifies as a morning person? Do we have any morning people in the room? Look at this. Okay, hands down. Put your hands up if you are definitely not a morning person. Anyone in the room? Okay, I'm with you there. Um, I am definitely not a morning person. There are just some people who wake up, and they wake up with a smile on their face, filled with the joy of the Lord, ready to talk, and ready to speak, and ready to have conversation. I see some husbands and wives looking at one another, and saying, I know all about it. And I, I think there could be an argument that morning people have unlocked a spiritual gift um, that I have not unlocked in my life because I am 100% not a morning person. When the alarm goes off for me in the morning, I dread it. There's this like inner groaning and moan that comes out when my alarm goes off because I have not quite got to the stage where I am a morning, a morning person. Some people love to be awoken, and some people hate it. They absolutely hate it. And this morning, I want to share with you about a man who was awoken. But he wasn't just physically awoken, he was spiritually awoken. How many people know there's a difference between physical awakenings and spiritual awakenings? I believe God is longing for people to encounter a spiritual awakening in this time. I believe he longs to awaken people up to his promises and purposes in his life. I, people, I believe God longs right now in this season for us as Rediscover Church to be revived in our awakening of who God is in all of his power and majesty and glory. And I believe what we have been experiencing over the last few weeks, but even this morning, we have been experiencing what is a personal but also communal awakening. Who wants to be spiritually awoken by the things of God in their lives? Whose heart is crying that, I don't want to be cold anymore, Lord. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want my heart to be awoken by all that you are doing in this time. I want to see like you see, speak like you speak, and do as you do. Well, I believe we are going to find out a little bit more of what takes place in our lives when there is an awakening that happens in our hearts and in our spirits. And I want to show you a man that had a spiritual awakening. I want to take you to his story. Some of you will have heard this story many times. And as we look at it in a moment, I want to pull out three things that I see in this scripture that happens when we are awoken spiritually by God. I believe as we go through these three things this morning, some of them, you will have had experiences in your life where you have tasted and seen what it means to be awoken in one or all three of these areas. But perhaps this morning, already and beyond, God is wanting to revitalize, to revive, and to reawaken aspects of our faith. 
And I pray it will be true in my life as much as it is in all of ours together. Can we pray? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your joy and your power that's been with us this morning. Thank you for lives that have been set free. Thank you for salvation that has come into the house. Thank you for healings that we have heard of throughout the previous weeks. And we so often become so used to all the things of church and Christianity that sometimes we need to take a step back and remember the significance and power of what you are doing in people's lives. And God, I want to give you thanks and praise this morning. I pray all eyes will be taken off man and will be lifted up to the King of glory who sits on his throne. I pray you will be high and exalted in all things. I pray you will be visible and seen. And I pray for anyone in the room who does not know you, that today will be a day where they are awoken to your plans and purposes and to your goodness. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, a man called Moses has a spiritual awakening, and we're going to read about it. It's going to come on the screen. If you've uh, got your Bible with you, please do turn there. If not, uh, you can turn on your phones or whatever, and, and do feel free to take notes during this um, little session. Moses was a man who encountered the God, God in, in, in incredible fashion. Most of you will know the story of the burning bush, and when Moses comes and meets with God face to face, and we're going to look at that and pull apart this and bring three things that I believe God just wants to lay before us again as a church. But let's read it together. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold. Everyone say Behold. Key word, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Just take that in for a minute. The bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God then called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. An amazing story of Moses encountering God in a physical way, in a spiritual way. It was a reality that as he was in the wilderness, God showed up in a miraculous fashion and confronted Moses about the plans and purposes that he had in his life. And this morning, uh, I believe there's a, there's a word that God has given me that I'm going to start off by, by showing you something that I, I see in this scripture. It's a word that he gave me about three to four weeks ago, and I felt it was a personal word. It wasn't a word that I necessarily shared and over the last few weeks, I've felt the permission to release it because I believe it can help some people in the room. See, when we are awakened by God, there are things that take place in our, in our lives. Can you cast your mind back to the moment where you first encountered Jesus? Cast your mind back to the first moment where you encountered his presence. Perhaps it was in a church setting, perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps it was when you was reading the scriptures alone. Perhaps it's been in quiet times of prayer. But cast your mind back to the moments where God has come and confronted you. 
He has stood in your midst. You have felt his presence and his words. You have known he is close. Cast your mind back to those moments. There are things that happen in those moments that I believe God is wanting to revive in our hearts once again. There are things that are happening in our lives when we encounter the presence of God that I believe God wants to awaken us to again. And one of those things is a word that God gave me that I want to bring to you today that I believe we see in this passage of Scripture, but I believe we have been seeing this in our midst over the last few days. It's a peculiar word. It's not a word that is often used. It's not a word that I will often bring within a sermon, but I believe this is one thing that God wants to awaken in our midst. And the word is this, wonder. Wonder. To be awakened to wonder. A God who is in all of his ways wonderful, filled with awe and wonder, majestic in all of his ways, his characteristics beam out, wonder and awe. And I believe God in this moment, in this season, in the state of the world that it is before all things, I believe with all my heart, one of the central components that God wants to awaken in our lives is wonder. A wonderful God. Verse 2, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked and behold. Behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Behold. You know, something changes deeply in our lives when God becomes something to behold. Something changed deeply in our lives, in our prayers, in our actions, in our ways, in our mission, in every aspect of who we are in following Jesus. When God isn't just something we add to our lives, God isn't just an additional plus that we bring along with us. But when God is something to behold, it changes everything of how we see this world, how we see one another, how we see church, how we see these gatherings. Because God is not just something to pluck onto our lives. Our lives is here and God is an addition. No, God becomes everything of who we are. He becomes something that we behold in all of his ways. He is powerful and majestic. The Bible consistently speaks about the power of God. The power of God that should stir up and produce a wonder in our hearts that when we see him, when we encounter him, there is a reverence and awe because we understand how, how wondrous he is, how glorious he is, how powerful he is, how beautiful he is. To behold him is to be lost in wonder. When was the last time you was lost in wonder for God? When was the last time you had one of those encounters and moments where you were so overtaken by his awe and majesty? You were so lost in wonder because of his presence and his power in your life. When was the last time you had one of those encounters? Perhaps it was this morning. Perhaps it was last week. Perhaps it hasn't been for years. Friends, I'm telling you, God is wanting to awaken his church back to a place of wonder. He's wanting to reawaken us to a place where we are so in awe of his power and goodness. He wants to show up and make impossible situations possible, not so that we just have easy lives, but because he gets all the glory and all the fame and all the honor and adoration because he is wonderful. That we would be a people who is lost in wonder. What if our lives were made for wonder? What if our whole existence was actually made to be a people of wonder that we would be so in awe of who he is? That everything from that flows from a place of, wow. Look at his wonder. Look at his goodness. 
I want to be close to that. What does it mean to have wonder? The dictionary puts it like this, wonder. A feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. Question. Have you lost your wonder? How often do you live your life from a place of wonder? It's easy to feel wonder when we have things that help us do so, and they're good gifts, preaching and worship and music and friendships, but you and you alone. How often do you live from a place of, of wonder? Has it, has it been stolen? Has it been lost? Has it been robbed from you? Has someone come and taken it? Well, friends, the good news of Scripture is that wonder is a free gift that all of us can have at any moment in our lives. But we must seek it. You see, life feels so much more freeing when we have our wonder. When God is viewed as all-powerful and all-loving and all-kind and compassionate, when God sits at the heart of what we do and we operate from a place of wonder, we are no longer bound by religion, but we have a wonderful relationship with a man called Jesus, Jesus Christ. Wonder is meant to be the bedrock of where we live from. You see, often when, when we need, what we need when it comes to following Jesus with a consistency, what we need in our lives is not more self-strength. It's not more pep talks. It's not more TED talks. What we need to follow Jesus with a consistency on life, friends, it's more wonder. It's more awe. It isn't more I can do it by myself. It isn't more I'm going to get through this season. In order to follow Jesus with a beautiful consistency every single day of our lives, it comes from a place of wonder. Wonder needs to be reawakened in the church. We don't need better tactics. We don't need better plans. We don't need better structures. We need more wonder in the church. We need more people who, when they come on a Sunday morning, they're expectant to be hit with the wonder of God. We need more people who, when they gather, they know what they're coming to. They're coming to an all-powerful God who wants to move in our midst and do what he wants to do with our lives. And fill us with wonder. Fill us with awe. Fill us with majesty of the one who created every aspect of your being. Who still sits on the throne. And who still meets with us in our, in our midst. Friends, be awakened to, to wonder. Psalm 17 verse 15. As for me, I shall behold your face in all of its righteousness. There's that word behold again. And when I awake, there's awaken, I shall be satisfied with your likeness and plans. To behold the glory of the Lord, it leads to us becoming awakened again. To awaken wonder. Three things that happens when we are awakened with wonder. Firstly, when we come from a place of wonder and we encounter wonder, wonder leads us to true intimacy. Wonder leads us to true intimacy. You see, when you find your wonder of who God is, it breaks down our relationship with him being more than just transactional engagement, God give me and I give you. And it allows us to be what it was meant to be in the first place. A people who have been created in the likeness of God, enjoying his wonder. When we find our wonder, our lives become shaped by his character, 
his purpose and his heart. When we find our wonder, we find his character. We find his goodness. We find his attributes. We find his faithfulness. We find his goodness. Psalm 17 verse 7 says, show me the wonders of your great love. Those who save all those who take refuge in you. You see, when we find our wonder, we find our intimacy. The wonder of his great love. Secondly, wonder leads us to expectancy. When we find our wonder in God, we start to align our prayers with his will rather than our will. When we find our wonder, we start to align our prayers with his will rather than our will. What he wants, not what I want. That comes from a place of wonder. We become more concerned about being obedient than we do being provided for. Being obedient is more important than being provided for. When we are sat in a place of wonder, we become more desirous of his ways and his kingdom rather than our ways and our kingdom. We start to operate from a kingdom perspective. Lord, let your will be done in this place as it is in heaven. Let me encourage you this morning. Wonder doesn't just arrive by accident. Because it leads us to a place of expectancy. And when we have expectancy, friends, things happen. When we have expectancy of what God can do with just the few pieces of bread we have in our hands, he starts to move in all incredible ways in our lives. We've seen it happen here in this church over the previous years. We will see it happen moving forward. You have seen it in your life. I know some of your stories. You have seen him do incredible things in your life. And it stems from a place of wonder Because wonder leads us to expectancy. The more we encounter his wonder, the more expectant we get for what God can do in the future. The more we encounter his wonder, no, no matter how dark it is around us, his light becomes the shining guide for our lives. Wonder leads us to a place of expectancy. I would argue if you have not, if you are not expectant of what God can do in the future, perhaps you've lost your wonder. Perhaps you've lost awe of what God can do. That he can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Wonder leads us to expectancy. And then finally, wonder leads us to curiosity. Everyone say curiosity. You know, curiosity is a beautiful thing in the, thing, in the kingdom of God. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Curiosity, it leads us towards relationship. It helps break down religion and helps promote authentic engagement with the king of kings. Curiosity begins conversations. It invites his word to speak into our life. It forms our perspective. Curiosity allows us to live an authentic life of living out exactly who God has called us to be. Curious prayers that come from a place of wonder, they sound like this. God, what are you doing right now? Have you ever asked that question? It's dangerous. God, where are you? What are you saying? What do you want from me right now? You see, when we immerse ourselves in wonder, it awakens a curiosity that leads us to adventure. The friends, we were made for adventure. We were made for mission. We were made for his kingdom. We were made for a purpose. And it comes from wonder. Moses turned and behold, 
here is the great I am, the creator of all things. What does it mean to awaken your wonder? Moses continues, and something beautiful takes place. He starts to encounter the presence of God. And it says that he, and I'll come to this a little bit later, he bowed down and he hid his face. He took off his sandals because where he was standing was holy ground. In other place, wonder, wonder beckons a response from our lives. Things have to change when we encounter his wonder. How do we get wonder? A beautiful question to ask. Do you want me to give you the answer? Anyone want more wonder in their lives? Do you want me to give you the answer? It's really simple and it's really easy. Are you ready? We ask for it. That's it. That's it. Ephesians 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. You know there's greater revelations for your life of who Jesus is. And the more revelations we get of who he is, the more wonder that starts to be apparent in our lives. If you want more wonder, seek it, ask for it, plead for it, and I believe he will give you it. Lord, I pray you will awaken us to your wonder. I pray we'll be a people of wonder. And I pray we'll be so lost up and mesmerized by your goodness that our lives are never ordinary and the same again because we are lost in your glory. Help us to reveal the glory of God to the southwest and beyond as a people of wonder. Secondly, Moses, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of this bush. Moses, Moses, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place in which you are standing is holy, holy ground. There's a beautiful component in this passage of scripture that I absolutely adore. And I felt like I had, uh, many years ago, this passage of scripture has stayed with me throughout my whole life. I've only really got one sermon I've ever preached more than once, and it's this one. Um, I, I've, I've, this, this little part of the sermon is something that God brought into my life that I've never really been able to shift from. Uh, young people that have been around for many years will have heard me speak about the burning bush lots of times because it's something that God gave me a revelation about when I started reading this passage of scripture. And I believe one of the things that God is wanting to do in this time is to awaken us to mission, that we would become more bold in our mission. I believe some of you will baptize people soon in water. I believe some of you can lead people to Jesus I believe some of you can see an invitation to church mean transformation in someone's life. I believe God is still building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because I believe God right now is still advancing his mission. He's just waiting for his people to engage with it. I believe God wants to awaken us to mission. How many people know the Holy Spirit was not sent for better church service? It was, better, it was sent for a broken humanity. We've all experienced that as a broken humanity. It is our job now to share that gift that we have got with a broken world who desperately need to know a God who saves. I believe God is wanting to awaken us to mission, that we would follow Jesus and become alive, fullness, life in all its fullness, that we would live an adventure knowing that God wants to awaken us to a life of mission. Friends, if your life is boring, you're probably not following Jesus. Following Jesus is not boring. 
Because it's, it's full of awakening and wonder and awe, and it allows us to be enhanced in a mission. Every single one of you in this, this is crucial to who I am. I believe you have a purpose to fulfill whilst you walk this earth. I don't know how long you're here for. I don't know how many breaths you have left, but I know as you have breath, God has a plan for your life. I fully believe God wants to awaken some of us to mission. When was the last time we grabbed hold of mission? That we would walk and allow people to see that God wants to use us to impact people's lives. When was the last time we went into our Monday morning, whatever it is that you do, into the office or into the workplace or with your family and friends, and we truly believed when we woke up in the morning that God wants to use us for his mission that day. God wants to awaken us to, to mission. What if our lives were meant to be so much more, so much bigger and so much more vast than we ever could realize? And this isn't just about us being seen. It's about us allowing Jesus to be seen through our lives. The Bible says that Christ wants to compel to the world, compel people towards him, that your life can be used for missional purposes to advance the kingdom of God. What does it look like for your life to be awakened in mission? I believe this church, as we move forward, and I believe we are going to get bolder with our mission, friends. I don't think we're going to get more quieter I don't think we're going to get more internal. I believe as we get lost in wonder and awe of who God is, we will be compelled to a broken world. I believe one of the reasons why we have this vision of planting churches is because we want people to be awakened to mission. Some of you are sat in here right now would never even dream, dream of believing that God could use you to plant a church. Friends, God is raising up a people to do the miraculous by his power, his strength, and his spirit. But he needs us to be awakened to mission. He needs us to know the importance of what God is doing in this time. To be awakened by mission. What if God is longing to invite us into something much bigger than ourselves? What if boldness was less about just major jumps of faith and more about small steps of obedience to the invitation he places in front of us? What if God wants to reawaken mission in our lives? You see, this story is an incredible story with Moses. It was a normal day for him, you know. I don't know about you, but you've probably never walked down the street and seen a massive bushfire and an angel speaks out of it for you. Uh, I don't know, some of you might have had those moments, but I certainly haven't in my time. But for this, we, we read these stories and we think, wow, wouldn't it be amazing for God to turn up in such a miraculous way and give us this call and this purpose? But you know what? This wasn't such a significant moment for Moses. In fact, if you look at where Moses was, historically back in the day, bushfires were actually a normal thing. It wasn't just something that was like, we walk down the street, we see a bushfire, we stop, and I'm like, oh my, what's going on? There's a massive bush on fire. For Moses, bushfires were, were common realities. They were normal situations. Moses was a shepherd. His main objective was to fulfill the call of his life in that moment, which is just simply to look after the sheep, to care for the sheep, to nurture the sheep. And he had lots of sheep who he would look after on a regular basis. He would guide them nurture them. He was doing what was normal. Think of your Wednesday, normal job routine, whatever it looks like. Middle of the week, you're going through what you normally have. Your routines are in place. Well, this was just exactly the same for Moses. Nothing out of the ordinary. And out of the corner of his eye, he sees this bush that goes up on fire. And he just thinks, well, the humidity of these times, they always make bush go on fire. So I'm normal. So he probably doesn't even take a second look. He just sees it. He acknowledges it. And actually, his attention is probably on keeping the sheep away from this from this bush that's on fire. The difference here that catches Moses' eye is that the bush was burning, yet it was not consuming. You see, in the humidity of this time where this mountain is of Horeb, fires in bushes would just go up. 
and then they were burned to a crisp almost immediately. They would come down. Moses sees the bushfire. He thinks it's a normal occurrence. And then he starts to see that this bush is, is a constant burning. The flames are blue and orange and it's, it's flickering. It's bright. It's strong. It's not, it's not dwindling down. And, and Moses, as he's looking at the sheep, he starts to recognize, hang on a minute, this bush is, it's not gone off yet. What's going? So it says he, he turns aside to see the bush and why it is not why it is not burned up. In the middle of a very normal situation, in the middle of a moment for Moses that was just like our Wednesday in the middle of a week, in the middle of a normal working routine for him, a holy ground burning bush turns up in the corner of his eye. And when he looks, it says something happens. God calls him, Moses, Moses. Come close. What if in our everyday situations, there are burning bushes all around us of God's invitation towards his mission? What if in our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays, There are moments of the Spirit of God working around this city in the southwest, just waiting for a faithful people to turn and say, yes, Lord. What if there are burning bushes all around us, but we've just come a little numb to it? What if mission isn't about us in our own strength, but it's about the Holy Spirit who is all over this world, working in people's lives, and waiting for a faithful follower of Jesus to just engage? What if in your commute to work, your times in the gym, the dinners with people you invite round, the cashier at the checkout, the conversations in the pub, the phone call to your parents or your children, burning bush moments, just wait in for someone to engage. That's what it means to be awakened to mission. Psalm 139, verse seven to eight. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? In heaven, you are there. In the depths, you are there. God is in his mission, inviting us to come closer. It is your responsibility to say yes or no. We heard from Justin last week that Jesus says that when he comes back, those who proclaim me in the the face of others, I will proclaim before my Father in heaven. But those who dismiss me, I will also dismiss. What does it mean to be reawakened to mission. Finally, as I come to close, band, if you want to come join me. One of the things that I believe God is wanting to awaken, finally, there's one of three, wonder, mission, and this final one is an interesting one. It's reverence. 
to awaken reverence. Exodus 3 verse 6 said that when Moses turned, came close, God told him to take off his sandals. He took off his sandals. And his first response, his first response to a God in all of his holiness and power, in all of his wonder and awe, is something that we often don't do too often in our lives. It says Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to just look at God. He was afraid of the power, the power of God that was there. The presence of God was so tangible and thick that there was only one response that was adequate and it was to throw himself to the ground. It reminds me of the words that we see in Isaiah, woe to me. I'm not worthy to be able to even be in your presence, God. And you know, within church over the last 30, 40 years, we've seen the rise of seeker-sensitive churches. We've seen the rise of churches that are so fixated on allowing a church to be comfortable for people that they believe it's in comfort that people are transformed. Friends, I found out in my life that often the most uncomfortable moments with God have been the moments that have most transformed me. And I believe there's something powerful powerful in our lives when we start to recognize that we need more reverence of who God is. That we need to understand how powerful he is. And I know in, in churches so often in our days these aren't things we speak about. It's so much nice to speak about the grace of God, right? And the mercy of God, and the forgiveness of God, but there's also a need for us to speak about the power of God. Friends, God is not something to be played with. He's not a toy that we can just put in our basket and pull out when we need him. God is all-powerful, all-consuming. The Bible says he is a holy, consuming fire. He is majestic. Right now, he is sat on the throne. You only need to read the book of Revelation to be able to see God in all of his fullness. In fact, most of the encounters, most of the encounters throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, when God shows up, the most common response for people's lives is to fall face forward and to hide their face because of his glory and majesty. There's a quote I read last night and it, it, it spoke about how we are, we are far too casual and comfortable with a God we don't know too well. Just for a moment, I want to take you to a scripture and I want you to perhaps just close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to close with this. And I want you to just hear these words and start to picture who God is in all of his fullness and power. Just try and forget everything you know of God if you can. I know that's impossible to do. But just take away your preconceptions for a moment. Take away your picture of who you see when you think of God. And let me take you to a passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 6 of a man who encountered God. And when he encountered God, it said he saw him face to face. Whether it was in a vision or not, I'm unaware. But here's what it said. It said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple just picture yourself for a moment in your head walking into a temple as you walk into the temple you see high and lifted up a, a glorious throne and from his throne there is Jesus there exalted, lifted high 
the Lord in all of his glory and, and, and a train of his robe. His robe is just spread all across this temple. It's, it's filling the temple. And above him stood this, the seraphim, which is like angels. And the angels had six, week, six wings. With two, they covered his face. And with two, they covered his feet. And with two, they flew. And one called to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then it says, the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. Now just for a moment, picture yourself in that environment. You're there in the temple. The angels are around the throne singing, holy, holy, his his robe is filling the temple. Smoke is starting to cover the, the ground. His voice makes things shake. And here's what I want you to ask you as you're there. The question I want to ask you is this. What would your response be? What would you say? How would you respond? the Lord God Almighty. The one who was, the one who is, and is to come. Perhaps there's a rebalancing in our lives from romance to reverence. I revere you, God. I behold you as holy and wonderful help me see you as you are and let me know your presence